listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. We have a space coming up with the great, the amazing point guard, Charlie Ward. I am so excited. I'm legitimately, guys, I'm legitimately close, close to about jumping out of my skin. If you guys don't know about me, I've been a 90s Knicks fan, obviously, since I was growing up. I loved the Knicks since the Ewing days. Obviously, I grew up a fan because of the Ewing shoes, and I fell in love with that team. He was a big part of that team and part of my childhood as well, too, watching Charlie Ward dance on him. We have uh, a couple of questions we're going to ask. Uh, we're going to have some of the Knicks speakers, excuse me, the Knicks Spaces speakers up here to ask some questions um, to Charlie Ward to get some thoughts from him. You know, just a lot of great insight to, uh, to come moving forward. And I'm just really ecstatic and excited to not only speak to this man, one of our legit point guards that we've ha- never had before, on the show. So we're having a legit point guard on the show, but he's one of our last legit point guards that we've ever had. So being able to pick his brain about Jalen Brunson, being able to pick his brain about how the nineties Knicks team looked versus how this Knicks team looks and his thoughts on that. I mean, we're going to be getting to some of those questions um, and more. If you guys have a question, make sure you're sharing the space. Um, We got Troy, myself, Stan here. Um, We got Bing Bong, my guy, Jordy, shout out to state. Uh, shout out to Junius Breeze. We're gonna bring Charlie up. Actually, we come up. We're gonna bring Breeze up. Uh, any in the spaces family, if you do have a question, please put it in the uh, in the thread of the Nick Spaces yeah. uh, chat, um, and we'll we'll try to get it answered. First off, uh, Mister War, Mister Heisman, man, it is great to have you in the space, uh, sharing this uh, space along with you and uh, Troy, myself, uh, State. Uh, Breeze, uh, our OG Mario here sharing the stage. Uh, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, this is new for me. Um, this is a different format or some form, but I like it. Charlie, I think you're going to like it a lot. I know um, I joined one of your spaces, I, as uh, I was uh, saying earlier. I joined one of your spaces with, the, with Herm Edwards. And great space. First off, just love, you know, Obviously, what you've done for us as Nick fans, the positivity you do. And I'm also going to need a couple of those vegan recipes, if, if, if you don't mind sharing. Because I've seen some of you some of you <laughs> cooking up some stuff, and that looked very tasty. <laughs> I need some of that. I definitely need some of that as well. So pre- hopefully, we can get to it all. Um, you woke up today. God is great. That's a, a big uh, saying of mine. Uh, happy you were able to join the space. Um, and, yeah, uh, we got juniors here as well. We're going to kick it off with some questions, if you don't mind uh, us just getting right into it. I know your time is a little bit limited, um, so if we can get to it. It looks like State has his hand up first. Um, if you're if you're willing to, you, you, you willing to just jump right into it? Sure. Okay. Awesome. Uh, good evening, Mr. Charlie Wood. I appreciate you joining us on these spaces. Um, I appreciate you. And to, to me, you're like an OG. I've been watching the Knicks. For 21 years now, going on 22 years, and I, I really appreciate this moment. Um, 
the first thought of my mind was what made you choose basketball? Um, I know that you was a Heisman, um, Heisman trophy winner and, you know, to pick basketball or football, um, is something special. I wanted to know what made you made that, make that decision. Um, ultimately, uh, well, ultimately, um, I mean, it's an easy decision, you know, it's, it comes down to uh, what I always talk about, you know, job opportunity. Um, you know, the NFL, I went through the process. Viet, I didn't go through the entire process. I did miss the combine because I was playing uh, basketball. Um, I had a basketball game during that time, uh, and I wasn't prepared to go and do anything but speak to uh, general managers and those types of things. I wasn't ready to work out because I hadn't put any work in. Uh, so, and plus I had a basketball game on the day of the combine. So I, I missed that portion of it. And I, um, I did have, you know, on campus uh, workout uh, pro day on campus. And I did talk to a few of the uh, organizations, three, three organizations after the workout. And, you know, I got an opportunity to talk to Coach Tony Dungy uh, on one of my, on, on Charlie's Chalk Talk, uh, I guess it's been a couple, in the last month. And he shared with me that there were some interests from certain teams, but everyone was scared to pull the trigger uh, uh, because they weren't sure that, that if I got drafted that I would uh, come, which was accurate because if I did get drafted any round after the first round then i was going to consider my other options and so therefore no one chose to draft me um and so that left me with not being drafted which was part of my prayer because i asked god to close the door and open the door and he completely shut that door uh from the nfl down by not drafting me uh give me give me opportunity to be drafted and then after that, I went and put all my work and time and energy into being drafted in the NBA. And God opened that door um, through relationships, work, um, good workouts, um, and having potential, upside potential. So that's how I ended up in the NBA. And what a great decision you made. Right. I mean, uh, I know some of it, you feel like some of it was made for you, but sometimes that's that's the beauty of, of things. Right. Like, you know, uh, when things, decisions are kind of made right for you. Junius, what's going on, my brother? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, how's it going, Stan? Appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Uh, Mr. Charlie Ward, man, huge fan. Uh, and watch you play for the Knicks. You know, my entire life, 43-year-old man. So, you know, huge fan. I, I have a couple questions, but I'll start with this one. Um, you were known as the best quarterback in New York City as a Nick. Uh, when the tabloid said that, how did that make you feel? Was it, was it a thing of pride? Was it a thing of uncomfortability? Uh, what went through your mind every time they referred to you as the best quarterback in New York City? Um, I really hated it. I'm not sure where it came from. I understood it, but I really didn't like it uh, because they had quarterbacks there. So, so um, and those guys were pretty good. 
and but I understood where it came from and just you know the reason why uh, they may not have had a quarterback that was being the was the best or helping their team be the best uh, during that time, uh, but they were still working and to, to improve their their team and they had a job. That's what their job was there to do. And, you know, you never saw me uh, pump that up at any point because I felt like it was very disrespectful to those who uh, played a position while I was there or when this was going on. And so that's the reason why I just didn't like it. Yeah, to totally understand. Now, should I ask my next question now or should I wait until someone else asks the questions then? How do you want to do it? You can go now, Junius. Do your thing. Okay. Uh, my next question, and this will be my last question for you, uh, is being a man of God and going through such intense rivalries with teams. Like, you know, as a Knicks fan, we hated the Bulls. We, and that's a word that I don't use lightly when I say hate, but it, it was it was the Bulls, so it was okay. Uh, and then and the Heat, uh, some some battles with the Heat. What was those conversations like for you? And um, how did you get to the level of intensity you needed to get to uh, uh, with your faith? Um, well, you know, God's in the forgiving business. So uh, anything that happened that was out of line, I always ask for forgiveness. But I, um, I was uh, just like anyone else that wants to win, super competitive, and uh, you do whatever it takes to uh, get get to that point you know that's within the bounds of uh, playing the game and so you know I, I had that was first robberies I've been a part of I've had quite a few robberies in high school and a lot of the robbery games were against my friends um, and so but once we stepped across the lines or whatever that line was you know it was competition so you saw them as competitors and they're trying to take something that you're trying to get, so uh, or something you have, or you're trying to, you're both trying to get there uh, in the end. And so it was nothing, you know. A lot of people think PJ Brown and I are enemies. That's furthest from the truth. Um, probably, I think we were in chapel together the the, the night when we had the incident. Um, so I mean, it's that's just the way competition works. And uh, when you're competitors and you have a heart for God, um, you you're, you can make up whatever it is that you did wrong uh, by asking for forgiveness and also, you know, humility. So, you know, a lot of, like I say, a lot of people think PJ and Brown are and our enemies, but, you know, when it was all said and done after the game, we knew there was something that was out of character for both of us. And, you know, we made up, became friends, you know, even more so than anything else uh, after the, after that. So, you know, I, a lot of times, you know, I hung out with, you know, guys that we competed against on, on that team. Not everyone, but guys like Bruce Bowen. You know, before games, we used to hang out, you know, together, have dinner. So it was, you know, there was no animosity when it came to, you know, the players, it was just once you got stepped across the lines, it was just a different mindset. And everyone's trying to get to the finish line to be on top.
I love it. Thank you very much. Forgive those as your father has forgiven you. I appreciate you. 100. Um, salute to you, Mr. Charlie Ward. I, I have two questions, and then I'm, I'm finished. Um, my first question is, you being a a a, a, a guy who played Knicks in the 90s, uh, I wasn't able to watch the whole 90s Knicks, but I'm able to watch the Knicks now currently, and you was a, a, a you know, the Knicks had Patrick Ewing. And I'm a guy that is watching R.J. Barrett, who's the number three overall pick for the Knicks and the highest pick of my lifetime. And I think highly of him. I would like to know, uh, how do you feel about R.J. Barrett? And do you think he has that the qualities that you see in a face of a franchise for the New York Knicks? And if not, do you think that we have to get somebody else in the building in order to, you know, see the full extent of R.J. Barrett's abilities? Uh, I appreciate the question. And, um, yes, I got an opportunity to play with, you know, quite a few uh, franchise players, Um, Patrick Ewing being one of them. Um, And, you know, the thing about that is that situation when Patrick came on was a little bit different than, and R.J. Barrett, who you uh, mentioned, um, they're they're totally different in their situations. Patrick was more of a savior type guy. Uh, he's a big guy, and uh, him being the number one pick, uh, they expected a whole lot. I do believe that R.J. Barrett is a guy that they can build around, um, very similar to Patrick Ewing in the sense of being able to put pieces around them so that you can have the success that you need. And he he's a guy that you continue to see improve each and every year. Um, I saw a little bit of some of the games this preseason where, you know, he was knocking down shots. Um, and that's something that, of course, if you want to be a well-rounded player, you got to be able to uh, be do well in all, um, you know, phases of the game, you know, three-level score. Uh, taking it to the rim, pull-up game, and a three-point game. And so I think he's improved in that area, and he's willing to work. Uh, but you also need to have pieces around him, just like any other team. You have to build around uh, players that you're, that you're going to invest in. And I think the biggest thing for the Knicks is being able to invest in some of the draft picks that they've, that they've, they've made over the, couple, over the years and start developing those players um, the guy that I admire the most is uh, Obi Toppin. Mm. Um, I'm so happy that they didn't trade him. I think he's a great piece, great fit for what they do. Um, you need guys like him on every team uh, to be able to be that guy that can guard, also, you know, play with great energy, uh, make make the open shots, uh, and play play above the rim. Um, and so you can't have everyone all the guys that look the same uh, if you're trying to be well balanced. And so he, he fits a, he fits a need uh, for, for the, for the team and uh, to go along with RJ Barrett, you know, he's another guy that they drafted. So um, I'm happy to see, you know, him uh, improve, keep improving. Uh, I think the guy that they're kind of waiting on is uh, Mitchell. Is it Mitchell? Mm. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson, Robinson, yeah. Yeah, I think they're working to try to get him, you know, to a point where 
he can be the type of player they expected him to be. I know he's getting pushed a little bit from um, my man from University of Texas, uh, number 45, the one that jumps above the rim to dunk. Jericho, Jericho Sims. Yeah, Sims. And, and so, you know, once you start putting some of these draft picks that they've made and start developing them and getting them right and then putting some veterans around them, um, I think that's where you start to see improvement. But changing the guard of the people that you're drafting, um, it, it sets you back for sure. All right. Um, thank you, Mr. Charlie Ward, uh, for joining back in the spaces. My my last and final question for today um, is specifically for Julius Randle. Um, and, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned Obi Toppin because I was thinking about Obi Toppin before I asked this question. But knowing that you've been a part of the Nick organization for over 20 plus years, more than 30 years, more than I've been born. Um, and knowing that you haven't played for the Knicks in decades, but knowing that fans still love you the way you uh, the, the way they do. How can he get back in the winning circle with the fans? How can it, how can he get himself acclimated again with um, New York fans in general? And what do you think is going to happen with him and Obi Toppin, um, knowing that they both play the same position? Um, well, you know, they're, uh, playing in New York is different, um, as many of you all know. And, and it's a good thing. Uh, one of the things that you have to be is you have to have thick skin and you have to be sure about what about yourself. And because if you're not performing at a high level, um, their fans are going to get on you. Uh, they're going to, you know, put you in places where uh, mentally where you do what you don't think you should do, which is, you know, criticize and talk, those types of things. However, you're not going to win that battle. Uh, so it's, you know, best to just put the work in. Yes, we all struggle. We have tough times. And, you know, I always say humility will always win in the end. So, yes, you may feel a certain way and you may share things. But in the end, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, humility will win in the end. And so you go out and compete at a high level. And um, I think. You know, with him coming back this year, hopefully with the mentality of I'm going to do the best that I can uh, do to be able to help our team be successful, whatever that is, whether it's being a facilitator, whether it's being a spot-up guy, whether it's uh, handling the ball in the post, being a facilitator from the post or making baskets, one-on-one baskets, um, playing defense, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I'm going to play my role. And I know Coach Tibbs um, and, you know, we kind of grew up in the same system, you know, where roles were defined and asked for each player to play those roles. Um, and that was what they said. And so hopefully, like any other player, you know, the, he would play his role to the best of his ability and the team can be successful, whether it's, you know, they're asking him to score a lot um, or facilitate, you know, certain nights or be the guy who can be a decoy um, on certain nights. So it's just a matter of what they're asking him to do and do it to the best of his ability. Uh, but 
there's no issue with uh, them. He and Obi Toppin playing the same position because you need uh, different type players. Um, and, and, you know, one one's coming off the bench and one's starting. So, and then you can mix and match them uh, if you need a smaller lineup. So that's something that NBA teams are doing these days. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Charlie. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, Brutus, you can unmute yourself and go ahead, OG. Hey, how you doing, uh, Charlie Ward? How was everything, brother? Everything's well here, sir. How about you? All right, man. I'm a 50-year-plus, um, you know, fan of the Knicks, man, and I, I definitely enjoyed watching uh, the years you were there. I have uh, two, you know, two questions. Um, one is about um, – now, basically, and um, how do you feel about our current group of uh, point guards, which um, I also, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson, of course, um, you know, Derek Rose, I also want to include Emmanuel quickly in that. How do you feel about those guys? Um, I really like that group um, because they kind of all bring something different to the to the table. And as I talked about, you know, you have to have diversity uh, on your team and Everyone can't do the same thing. And so I think all those guys bring a different element uh, to the team. Uh, one of the things uh, that they can do is they can all score uh, the basketball in some form or fashion. Um, and, you know, quickly is learning. Uh, I don't think that was his, his strong suit coming out of Kentucky was to be able to handle the basketball. He was more of a shooter. Uh, but now he's turned into, you know, what a good point guard would be, which is handling the basketball, playing pick and roll, uh, being able to shoot off the pick and roll, uh, making plays for others. And so I think it's a good group. You, you need more than one guy. Um, a lot of people get so adamant, you know, so adamant about, you know, the big names and all these different things. That's something I had to deal with when I was there. Yeah. Nobody wanted a big name. Uh, but, you know, we're, I was about production. We had two yeah. guys I know, during, during most of our winning days. You know, there was Chris Childs mm -hmm. uh, there with me, and uh, we put our points and stats together to make one person. Um, and so that's the way we, we looked at it. We were a tag team. And so I think it's very beneficial uh, and, uh, to understand that when you have three guys that can get it done, you know, you start putting all those numbers together, uh, it can equal up to one big, big time guard that everyone wants. Uh, but I, I think they're a good fit for what Coach Tibbs is trying to do and want to do. Um, and I like, I like all three. Nice, nice. My second question has more to do about, um, you know, because when you came out of, of of college, you were of course a Heisman Trophy winner. And, you know, times were different back then. You know, when you came out as a as a black quarterback and a running quarterback, that wasn't really the norm back then. But if you was facing the same decision today, would you still choose basketball or would you have tried an a NFL career now that, you know, being a black quarterback and a running quarterback uh, is more of the, the general norm nowadays? Uh, well, just to correct you, I wasn't a running quarterback. I was a guy who used his legs to get out of trouble. 
So, okay, yeah, got you, uh, got you. Well, that's what that's uh, what's needed nowadays more than anything. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So I, um, you know, I had like three thousand plus yards passing and five hundred yards rushing. Yes. Uh, so that that now if I had like a thousand fifteen hundred yards rushing, and I was a quarterback counter guy, then yes. But nonetheless, uh, your question is: it would be difficult. This this in this day and age. Why? Because the NFL is different. Yes. The mindset is different. And so playing multiple sports, you know, that that's a far fetch uh, in this day and age because of, you know, the specialization in a lot of ways and coaches working to get players that they, uh, they invest in. So from a basketball perspective, I'm not sure if, you know, I would have been able to play, uh, mm. consistently basketball because of just the dynamics of today's today's you know, yeah, yes. sports. Right. Uh, but I'm grateful that God didn't bring me up in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> I, hear, I hear you too. <laughs> he, he, get, he put me in a position where I was and, you know, to where I could do the things that I enjoyed doing and, you know, have fun doing it. And yes. I was, uh, I'm grateful for that, but Yes, it would be difficult in this day and age for me to do what I did. Uh, but that's why, you know, history is what it is. And yes, yes. Things things change over the course of time. It, it sure did, man. But I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, chose basketball, man, and that you uh one of the great Knicks, man. I definitely appreciate your contributions, man. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm glad – Basketball chose me. That there you go. Right, right, right. And I think Amen. we're all happy. I think we're all happy, uh, Charlie, as well, too, that uh basketball uh chose you. I can say uh, this is Troy, by the way, Charlie, uh from the Knicks recap. I am one of the uh I, I grew up a Knicks fan in the nineties specifically, and uh I grew up collecting the Ewings, obviously the shoes, and one of the players that I gravitated to a lot was you. And the main reason why is because of the way you played the game. It's your passion, your hustle, the way you had your teammates back. I fell in love with that. Um, and it was that passion that I truly made me a Knicks fan even to today. So when I want, I do have to say it's an honor really speaking with you as, uh, you know, I grew up watching you and to speak with you today is it's amazing. Um, I, I wanted, it. Of course, of course. And I just wanted to ask, since we're talking about the past and, you know, personally speaking, the 1997 Game 5, I thought that series against Miami was yours to win. I think I, I, I think you would agree uh, being up 3-1. Do you think if no suspensions happened that game, how far could that Knicks team have gone? I mean, that's a far-fetched question, hypothetical, because it de- you, yeah. you never know. <laughs> right. Um, but the incident did change the dynamic other game because we were up 3-1 they were going to win that game uh, but we had momentum just like any other team you know when you have when you're in a series you're going to have your ups and downs but when you're up 3-1 most times that means you're a little bit better um, but that was a very good team you know but it just wasn't meant to be for us to move further because we didn't we weren't able to finish uh, the series um, and get an opportunity to move forward because of circumstances. And that happens every year, 
um, even today, you know, it happens. So uh, it just it just wasn't meant for us to be able to get over the hurdle. And, you know, God opened the door two years later or three, yeah, two years later in 99, where we were able to get to the uh, finals um, against um, San Antonio. Uh, of course, we didn't win that, but that was another good team that just had to develop over the course of uh, the year because we had a lockout that year. But, you know, I, I played, I was fortunate to be on a, a few good teams uh, during my time there with the Knicks. And um, 97 was, you know, one of those. Absolutely. And I still remember that game uh, to this day. I, I think the Knicks could have went far that year. I think your roster was very strong given the teams that you were going up against. But like you said, you know, we're talking about uh, the past here. I want to do speak a little bit more about the past, uh, though, in, in regards to the, how trades are being looked at. Uh, if, you, you know, obviously following the NBA today, we're seeing that certain major league type of stars, even Kevin Durant uh, this past uh, offseason, requesting a trade while he's still in a contract with his team. And, and I think this is more of a modern thing because we never saw that, you know, in the yeah. 90s. I don't, I don't remember calling that or seeing that. What do you think uh, about that? And how do you think that would have been seen in the 90s had it happened then? Uh, well, it's definitely, like I say, times have changed. The players have changed. They've changed a lot of the rules. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. And we have to understand that. And so during our time, you know, there are only a few people that could request a trade and even them didn't request a trade because they didn't want to go anywhere else. Um, when you think about all the superstars, uh, most of those superstars made their own own house you know they, they built their house where they were drafted or they traded to a certain place and they found the right spot um, you very rarely saw a lot of the superstars moving from place to place um, is that's just old school mentality uh, I'm not sure if the rules the contracts uh, were, were would allow them to do it but I do know uh, Magic Johnson didn't want to play for anybody else uh, Larry Bird didn't want to play for anybody else, you know, and, and those guys, Patrick Ewan didn't want to play for anyone else. Uh, but you think about at the end of their careers, or at least Patrick's, you know, they, they, they traded him to Seattle. Um, and I'm not even sure who's in the trade, but it was, uh, it, it was that type of dynamic where, superstars didn't want to move or go anywhere else. Um, and they went and talked to management about trying to find the best team and give them the best opportunity to be able to win where they were. And so that's more so where, you know, the old school mentality came from as far as, you know, what they wanted to do. They weren't trying to go and find another team. They were asking management to bring in a team to help, them, you know, win where they were. Uh, but that's different today, as we know, um, where they're, they've been teaming up uh, with one another, uh, very similar to the AAU mindset. And, and so, but that's the age and age that we're in. And, you know, they found a way to make it happen. But I do know 
you know, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, the teams that have the best chemistry, regardless of how many superstars you have on it, but the team that has the best chemistry and they're fortunate enough to be able to go through health, health free or healthy, those are the ones that normally win um, in the end. Thank you so much, Charlie. I just have one more uh, question for you, uh, just regarding the uh, infamous uh, Charlie Ward curse that R.J. Barrett and uh, Mitchell Robinson uh, broke this offseason. Just what are your thoughts about that? And, you know, what do you think that the, uh, you know, in terms of the Knicks not resigning a first-round rookie for this long? Well, that just, uh, you know, that goes back to the instability in management. Um, and, and so that might be the, the curse <laughs> where they just didn't have, you know, stability no, in management. Uh, because they kept changing, you know, the president, they kept changing the the gym. So they've had quite a few uh, general managers since my time um, there. And, you know, that's kind of the way it's been for quite some time. And uh, I'm happy that they, they've given, uh, they've chosen some guys that they feel good, good about and given them, contract extensions because that's the only way that you can build stability. Um, we start thinking about the teams that's in the, on the top of the league. Uh, most of those uh, teams have guys that they drafted and they've, they're on their second contract and they've kind of put some pieces around them. And so that's the, the, the way you have to build uh, a, a sustainable team um, around the draft picks and so you have to do your due diligence in the the scouting um, department department and you have to just trust that those guys that you've brought in is going to put in the work um, and, and to, to get better so that you can you know retain them um, and so I'm happy to see that they they've done that uh, with at least two of the guys. Um, and then they brought some guys in to kind of help them through. But I think quickly and um, Obi Toppin would probably be next in line. Uh, if I had to guess, I would work to try to get those guys some opportunities to where they can stay. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think um, I agree with regards to building through the draft and using our draft picks and making sure that we're evaluating talent correctly and scouting correctly because, you know, that is the name to game when you're looking at uh, prospects. Uh, if anybody just tuning in, this is the Knicks season preview with uh, Charlie Ward, one of the greatest Knicks point guards uh, to ever play the game. We're so happy to have him uh, with us for a couple of a few more extra minutes here. Uh, we have a couple of speakers left uh, who has, who's, wants to ask you a few more questions, Charlie. We're going to go okay. to uh, Breeze really quick. And uh, then if Stan, if you have something to say, we'll go to you and then we'll go to South. Uh, Breeze, if you go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, you can go ahead. I'll go last. South, South can go. And then okay. I'll get Charlie out of here. It's, it's, it's almost dinner time. I definitely got to get one of those vegan recipes. So if we don't get it here, uh, well, maybe you just need to DM me, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, but, uh, Breeze, go ahead, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Shout out Nick Spaces. Appreciate you, Charlie Ward, uh, for joining us. Um, I'm, I'll just leave it to one question to respect everybody's time. You were a part of the 1999 Knicks. That was the last team that w went to the uh, uh, finals. Can you just give us, um, like, 
the your experience going through that level of success in New York City and kind of take us back to at a time where 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 the team was having so much success you have struggled you know for generations after but you kind of just take us through uh the t your time there winning with that team yes um actually that was a really really strange year um you know, we had the lockout, so the season was shortened. And then we had the issue with the GM and the head coach uh, during that time as well. And we barely made it in. We had to win like the last five or six games just to, to get into uh, the, the playoffs. And, you know, we had a, a really solid team. Um, a really good team when you start looking at it, but we had to gel. Uh, we had to learn what Coach Van Gundy was looking for as a group. Uh, we had Spreewell, who was new. We had Marcus Cammy, who was new. Uh, Kirk Thomas was uh, was relatively new um, to our group. And so we had to, uh, you know, implement all those different dynamics in a shorter period of time um, and it took us some time, but once we were able to get uh, everyone on the same page, and I think those last five or six games that we won, we had to win to get into the playoffs, that catapulted us to uh, throughout the, 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 the playoffs um, because we were able to catch fire um, and we beat Atlanta, and uh, I do believe we beat, I think we beat a couple Indiana, um, during that stretch as well. Charlotte, I think we played Charlotte um, and, and we we were able to, I'm sorry, that was the year we, we played Miami first in the first first round. We were the AC and Allen hit that runner at the end. Um, and then we played Atlanta, I do believe. And, and then we... Um, played Indiana uh, after that and so it was uh, it was a it was a good time because when you're winning in New York as you know uh, people people come out to support they come out to support regardless but it, it's, it's like on steroids um, when you're winning and so but if you had to ask me about one guy uh, I like Obi Toppin. Thanks, Charlie. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, go New York, go New York, go. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Let's go Knicks, there we baby. Go, <laughs> go Knicks. Champ, I, I promised I would get Charlie out of here. I didn't even get my question answered. Um, yes, indeed, Charlie's man. Charlie, if you got to get out of here, man, it's all right, uh, man. Just uh, let us know, we'll man. But um, if, as long as you can hang around, man, we will be glad uh, to have you. Um, but if you got to run, just let us know. And, uh, you know, like you said, go New York. Go, man, we're waiting now for this. Just to stop you right there. It's So you and Stan are on the same account. And as you're talking, Stan is talking. And it's it's colliding. So stop. Oh, that's what's happening? I don't know. Exactly. How this happened, man? Because I didn't I, even push to be on the account. Wait, yeah, <laughs> right I, I, now. Yeah, so as you're talking, Stan, Brutus is talking over you, and oh I can hear God, him over of you. Course. So, uh, so apologies about I'm, I'm gonna, I'm all gonna of mute, this. Man. I'm going to mute. Go ahead. 
Okay, go ahead, Stan. As you were saying, apologies, Charlie. Again, this is legitimately the first space we've ever done to have this many technical issues. It's really because they knew you were coming. The gods knew you were coming and just landed <laughs> it all on us like this today. Okay, yeah, this this was crazy. I, yeah, I don't know what was caught of what I was saying. I was just saying, uh, uh, Champ, I apologize. We're not going to be able to get to your question. I didn't get to, to mine. Uh, we ran over on time, had some tech issues. But again, you know, looking forward to having Charlie back on. Speaking of tech issues, as he says that, as he goes into a tunnel, um, if everybody could still <laughs> I hear it. Say, I was going to say, I, so I don't hear stairs at all. Okay, wait, there he is, Bruce, there he is, there he is. Okay, right. yeah, we can hear you now, Stan, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so I just wanted to, um, again, thank you for your time. And then also, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get you on a, another future space. Uh, we won't have any as much tech issues. Uh, again, I, I apologize about all the issues we've had today. Um, but yeah, definitely um, looking forward to having you back on. Appreciate your time. Um, if any of the other uh, co-hosts want to uh, give a little a brief goodbye to Charlie um, and uh, also uh, give you this time as well, Charlie, to just plug anything you're doing, any things you got Pretty sure you meant any things you got going on and things of that nature. If you can go ahead and Charlie and go ahead and uh and uh speak your man. truth, man. I love it. I love it. Uh this is what teamwork looks like. Um and you know, as I mentioned, I, I I'm basketball coach here in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh Florida High is my team, FSUS. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can uh look at look us up. Uh but we have a family foundation as well uh we're in the process of uh preparing to help do a fundraiser for disaster relief uh fund um so you can um you can either follow us uh you can follow me i think it's um at charlie ward official on something i mean i i'm not a social media guy but um i'm the real charlie ward on one uh at charlie ward official on another uh platform uh, but you should be able to find me um and our found as i mentioned our foundation is uh doing a fundraiser uh for what we're calling a blessing bucket uh where we're looking to um to help those who lost uh, things in the hurricane um, this last hurricane, uh, we're put, putting some um, items in a bucket uh, to be able to help support those families. And um, and so I, I'm i looking forward to watching the Knicks just like everyone else. Uh, but one of the things I want you guys to remember is tonight is the first game. And we just have to make sure that we're watching how they play and not the outcome. Um, and I do believe that the guys will play well, just like they did in the uh, preseason. And regardless if they win tonight, we want them to win, of course, but I do believe they will compete well um, and play the right way. Um, that's the key and the things that I'm looking forward to uh, seeing, seeing how they play and play together. Jalen Bronson, of course, we're looking for, I'm looking forward to seeing him play uh, he he's a difference maker, um, and and of course he's new to the team this year, 
um, and also looking to get looking forward to Derrick Rose coming back uh, and playing. Um, he has that veteran presence that every team needs. Um, but I'm just interested in seeing how they how they compete, uh, regardless if they win or not. You want to see them playing the right way because you know if you play the right way, that's going to uh, win win more than if they're out there trying to do it by themselves or what have you, which I doubt. Playing for Tibbs, knowing Thibodeau um, the way I do, growing underneath his, you know, he he's in the, he's under the um, tree with Coach Coach Van Gundy. I just know how they think, um, and it, he has all the right processes, and he's very detail oriented. So, um, one of the things that we 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 talk about is you know changing the garb as far as the mentality from the old school to the new school. There's some things that don't change and being detail oriented is not one. <laughs> so regardless of where you live and, <laughs> you know, when, when you came up, you know, when you talk about the details, it, it, it travels, it transfers over from old to new. And you know, Charlie, they say the devil is in the details in terms of understanding and looking at things and trying to make sure you have a plan and a strategy around things. As you mentioned, uh, Tom Thibodeau and the way he does things usually has that plan and that strategy in place. It's going to be interesting to see how he deals with a John Morant led backcourt who's, you know, their team led the league in pace last year. And the Knicks are one of the slower uh, moving teams in terms of pace. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, opening night tonight. Um, I want to see a little bit from RJ. I want to see what he can do. I think Julius Randle is probably going to eat tonight because Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't there. So it's going to be interesting. And I, I agree. I think um, I, while I'm going to try my best to try to not look at the result, <laughs> um, I will uh, look at the play a lot and see what Tom Thibodeau does. But um, just want to say, again, big, huge thank you to Charlie Ward, one of the best point guards in New York Knicks history for coming on and joining us on this uh, Knicks space that seemed to have stopped, started, stopped, started, switched different hosts, and then for some reason, <laughs> and then and then somehow got two people, two, two hosts, hosts on the same account. So we've, we've legitimately seen things today that we've never seen before, and it's really because Mr. Ward joined us. I, I, I firmly believe that. But again, just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're very busy to join us here today, talk about the Knicks, and give us some information, not only about how your playing days went, but also what you're doing today and how those experiences have affected your life thus far. Well, I appreciate this, and I like this uh, format, this spaces, Nick spaces. It's on Twitter, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, it's on Twitter. Yeah, I like this. Uh, get a chance to interact with people. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And when it works, it actually is uh, very, very good. <laughs> Today is not a great day to showcase that, but um, hopefully when we have you on a <laughs> – Hopefully, when we have you on another space, uh, hey, it'll work. You're on Twitter, uh, Charlie. Just look up, and and you'll see probably Nick Space is running something. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, we're always talking. We're always talking about want. something. You're always welcome, Charlie. No All matter right. what. Well, I appreciate it. And we appreciate you, Charlie. Again, thank you so much for uh, joining us, everybody. Uh, just go ahead and give a, a thumbs Peace up or a high five. Man. Peace Hearts. and blessings. Yes, everything to Charlie. Peace and blessings, man. Thank you so much for joining us again. My yes, pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, have a good one.
You too, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, OG. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.